0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss. All right, I am back with part two of this episode on coping with COVID-19 related OCD and anxiety. If you're just arriving at this episode somehow and you didn't get to see or hear part one, hit the pause button and go back to the main page. Go back to wherever you were and try to find episode, I believe it was 44. Um, episode before this, part one on coping with COVID-19 and anxiety, because in that episode, I go over a lot more about first things first, whether COVID-19 can cause OCD and anxiety, how COVID-19 has really shifted the treatment world from an, an OCD provider, you know, treatment provider's perspective, and how to know whether you're responding functionally to COVID or whether anxiety and OCD may be taking the driver's seat. In this episode, we're going to go over some new things, including divvying up what you can control in this pandemic and what you can't control. Um, We're going to wrap up some other concepts and some other recommendations as to kind of how to keep your mental health at bay and to make sure that your OCD and anxiety doesn't go even more haywire than it maybe already has. And then the next thing that we want to make sure that we give you guys is some supports. So, making sure that you do what you can to maintain and take care of your mental health during this crazy crazy time. So, we're going to jump right into here a list of things that you can control and what you can't control. I am a huge fan of these little pictures and these little posts on Instagram about these reminders of things you can't control and things you can control. I like them even more when they're specific to the situation. So, we just came off of the election, and we were all really ramped up about the election results and that whole process. And it was just really nice. I, I believe I saw from someone like things you can control in this election and things you can't control in this election. And it's just a really nice reminder to know that this isn't all on you. Like you uh, are really worried about all of these things, but they're not within your control. And so in a way, it can kind of be hard to know that these things aren't within your control, but in a way, hopefully it can feel freeing to know that some of these things aren't within your control. And so we can kind of let them go. So here are a list of things that you can't control in this pandemic. And I'm sharing this because I hope that we can get to the point where we, we realize, you know, yeah, we check our anxiety, we check our worry, and we know, like, you're right. We, I can't control this. So as much as I am worried about it and as much space as it occupies in my brain, I have to live with that. And I have to focus on what I can control. And we'll get into that too. So what you can't control, cannot control as far as COVID goes, you can't control how seriously or not seriously other people take COVID. So You may be able to do some advocacy here and there. I know some people have that bone in their body and that's awesome and do what you can, obviously, but trying not to become a martyr in the process either in such a way that it really takes a stab at your mental health and takes a stab at your well-being in general. Because at the end of the day, you can't really help how seriously or not seriously other people take COVID. You also cannot control whether other people wear masks. And so, as I mentioned with the last one, maybe you can do some advocacy there, right? But we want to make sure that that's functional. We want to make sure that you're doing that in such a way and still maintaining your well-being and not calling your mental health into question with any of those things, right? So at the end of the day, can't control 100% whether other people wear masks. We also can't help who people voted for and what their general stance on the election is or on COVID. And I'm bringing up the election because it's so relevant right now and it's so relevant to COVID. Obviously, whoever you voted for, they have totally different takes on how to handle it, the seriousness of it, and their perspective on what has been done or has not been done so far. So the election and COVID are kind of married as concepts right now. And so just as you can't control how seriously someone takes COVID, you can't help, you know, completely where someone stands as far as who they voted for or what their general stance on that is. We also can't help the fact that disinformation exists out there. We can do what we can, again, functionally to make sure that we are maybe, you know, taking control and maybe, you know, re-informing these individuals. Um, trying to redirect away from that, maybe a little bit. But again, we want to make sure that we're not doing it in a way that's dysfunctional to our own well being. Because at the end of the day, people are in control of their own behavior. And regardless of what you do, they still might make the choice to spread dis- disinformation. We also cannot help other people's choices out in public or at home. So I know for some people, for any of us, really. I mean, whenever you see something that is in direct opposition of something that you really stand for or something that you really support, it's hard to not get angry and to not have that irritable reaction and to not get fired up. And those emotions are valid. That's totally fine. But we still can't help what other people do in their home or outside of their home. So we can't help or control, you know, whether someone goes to a concert or whether someone you know, gets packages from Amazon and doesn't clean them. Like, I'm, I don't know. I'm just giving examples. We're not going to be able to control what other people do. Along those lines, we also can't control whether someone washes their hands, whether they've cleaned, whether they've sanitized appropriately or how much. That's getting into some more reassurance-seeking type of behaviors, and we don't want to have those people kind of answer those questions for us. Um, cause it just makes o- OCD and anxiety worse in the long run. We're not going to be able to control that last thing here. And I'm sure there's a bunch more that we can't control, but last one here that I have is whether people socially distance or not. So again, if you're someone who feels really strongly about social distancing, um, it can be really enraging sometimes to see these big, huge communal events where there are tons and tons of people. Um, and, and we can't control that. Right. So it can evoke so many emotions and make us so uncomfortable and lead us to ask a lot of why questions. Like, why would someone do that? Why do they think that's okay? And I think initially those why questions make us feel good. It makes us feel kind of arbitrarily or superficially, like we might be able to figure it out. Like we might be able to put ourselves in their situations. Like we might be able to Rectify that situation somehow. But I think what it ultimately ends up doing is it just makes us feel more angry and it makes us feel more frustrated and more hopeless. So, again, coming back to this sometimes unsettling, but hopefully eventually freeing realization that these are things that we cannot control. So, as we try to let those things go, although I know it's easier said than done, we want to bring it back into what is within our control. So, What is within our control is our own perception of COVID. So that comes back to our own education about it, you know, the information that we expose ourselves to. We're in control of that. And at the end of the day, no matter what other people say, no matter how in opposition other people are to us, we are in control of our own perception of COVID. We're also in control of what information we take in. So, you know, there may be people around you who, you feel are spreading misinformation, you're in control of whether you take that in. You may hear it. You may, you know, it may be sound waves that come across the room and land on your ears, but you're in control of whether you take that information in and absorb it and have an emotional experience to it. You're also in control of whether you wear a mask or not. So, you know, again, if If you're in opposition to to that um, or if you're in opposition to other people who don't wear a mask, we're not going to be able to control that. What we can control is whether we wear masks. We are also in control of who we voted for, what our stance is on the pandemic and all of that. That's something that's got to bring us a little bit of comfort, right? So we are in control of who we voted for. That's something that we can control. We're also responsible and can control what information we put out there, what information we let stick. Like I said earlier, we are responsible and in control of who we spend our time around. So if we want to be around people, that's something that we can control. If we don't want to be around people, that's something that we can control. We can only control that stuff. We cannot control what other people do. We are also in control, hopefully, unless OCD and anxiety have also taken that from us. We are in control of whether we, and to what extent we wash our hands and clean and sanitize. We're in control of who we let into our home. And last thing here, we can control where we go, who we surround ourselves with, and how close, literally and figuratively, you know, how close we are to these people. So ultimately, we can't control a lot of what's going on in the world, but we can control how we perceive it. And we do control how we respond to it. So we're going to take a quick break here while I jump into an ad that I am going to share for a product that I love with you guys. And then we'll be right back to it to wrap all of this up and to give you guys some really good supports and ways that you can help support your mental health during this really wild time. Be right back. I'm so excited to share with you guys a planner that I've had for months now, and now I have an absolutely incredible offer so that you can enjoy it with me. I've tried yearly planners, blank diaries, and everything in between, all the way from back when I was in high school. Silk & Sonder is the perfect planner that I've been waiting for for years. Silk & Sonder is a self-care monthly planner and journal subscription service including monthly, weekly, and daily planning pages, plus activities that change each month and are targeted to help with your self-care. You'll get coloring pages, recipes, habit trackers, journaling prompts, and more. Silk and Sonder offers monthly, quarterly, annual, and gift subscriptions. It's the first ever monthly planning experience aimed to empower you to live the life that you've always wanted. Inspired by a new theme each month, They hand curate, design, and deliver each issue straight to your doorstep. You'll love each month's blend of productivity and planning, introspection and mindfulness, and lifestyle content. I've been using mine for months, and I'll honestly never go back to a regular planner ever again. For 25% off your order, head to my website at jennaoverbod.com and click on Deals. So with all of that said, and I know it's been a lot, it's been an episode and a half, but all in all, it comes down to how how do we maintain the best practices as evidenced by the CDC while also making sure that we are navigating our lives effectively and functionally without letting OCD and anxiety take over. And at the end of the day, as much as this sucks, people with OCD and anxiety have actually been noted to kind of have been, quote unquote, trained for this type of situation, meaning COVID-19. So Ethan Smith and Kimberly Quinlan mentioned this in an IOCDF article about how the OCD community really holds the key to coping with COVID-19 anxiety. And it's not about how to wash your hands or how to avoid everything or how to stay clean. It's actually about how these individuals, especially if they're familiar at all with exposure and response prevention, These individuals know that you cannot have, can never have, and have never had certainty, comfort, or control. So people with OCD and anxiety basically live a life of facing their fears and constantly living up to the uncertainty over and over and over again until they learn one way or another how to be okay with not being okay. And in this article, Ethan Smith and Kimberly Quinlan talk all about how it's essential to be able to accept the anxiety and acknowledge it and let it be there and move through you rather than kind of wishing it away because wishing it away is only going to make it worse. So of course, no one prefers to have anxiety. No one would prefer this emotion or this feeling or this cognitive experience over something that's more joyful and more pleasurable. But we also can't label anxiety as being bad or threatening or dangerous or unsafe because when we do that, whether we're conscious of it or not, we feel more anxious, right? When we feel anxiety naturally after a situation and then we interpret that cognitively and emotionally as being bad or unsafe or dangerous, we automatically set ourselves up to be more anxious. So. When we do that, we feel more distressed. We don't feel more comfort. So when we label anxiety as bad and dangerous, we feel more stressed out. We do not feel more relaxed. So as a result, as a way out of that, we have to normalize this anxiety, especially as it relates to the pandemic. We have to give ourselves some grace and we have to remind ourselves that we can handle hard things. We can handle being anxious. We have done it before and we will do it again, and we will find a way through this. If we can talk to ourselves that way with that kind of, you know, mentality and rhetoric, then instead of catastrophizing and overestimating the probability of something terrible happening, you know, seeing everything as threatening, then things are going to start to feel a little more manageable. Hopefully with all of that You've taken away at least a couple of things that you can start doing today or that you can stop doing today to kind of help yourself move forward with your anxiety and your well-being in general. Some other things that I would encourage are to find some support groups. So I know that the ones in person are going to maybe be, especially during the time of COVID, a little bit difficult to find, but there are definitely some creative options. People have been so creative and so resourceful. Um providing online resources and on Zoom chats and meetups and all that stuff online. So go to iocdf.org, see what you can find as far as online support. Um, There are also going to be therapists that you can find on iocdf.org who are available for teletherapy sessions at times, um, who are trained in OCD and anxiety, and who can most certainly help you with your OCD and anxiety, even during this really, really strange time. There's really great help out there. So it's really knowing that help exists as you kind of figure it all out and and know that as you are navigating this from maybe a potentially anxious person perspective, we are also figuring it out as treatment providers. And we're here for you. There are tons of resources available. And the best thing you can remember and hold on to right now is knowing that you can do hard things. So keep fighting the good fight. Know that there is very little in life that we can control. And what we can control, you can problem solve that legitimately rather than simply worrying and ruminating and going over and over and over it. So at the end of the day, you can handle hard things. And until next time, keep doing those hard things. I'll talk with you all soon. Stay safe and make sure that anxiety is not the one in the driver's seat. Okay. All right. Bye for now, guys.